0: What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of my podcast. So, I had a conversation with Stephanie from My English Habit. We really had an amazing conversation. And what is really interesting is the education, the knowledge that Stephanie shared with me. And if I was someone that is trying to improve my language, I would definitely listen to this conversation. We also touched on uh, things like how your mental health can affect your language journey. Or your language performance. Uh Things like trauma, depression or stress because these things do have an impact on your language learning, right? So all that and much much more. Coming right up on this conversation with Stephanie. I want to thank Stephanie one more time for being with us and sharing her knowledge. If you want to find Stephanie and explore her work go and click the first link in the description and find Stephanie on Instagram and Explore and consume her content. Her videos are really interesting. If you're an English learner You will find those really really helpful go and check out Stephanie and now let's listen to what she has to say What do you think? Let's go in enjoy the conversation guys. Should we get started?
1: Yeah, sure I don't know if there's any like I don't know, protocol or something like I'm assuming there'll be like an intro or something. So I'll just be quiet until <laughs> you until you tell me otherwise.
0: Yeah, exactly. I wrote a small intro. Let's see how it works. I okay. guys. Okay, so we have Stephanie with uh, us today from My English Habit. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you. Uh, I would like to start with your very appealing Instagram videos where you're educating people on how they can improve their English in a fun way, which I highly recommend to check out um, to everyone that's listening. Stephanie, what's interesting to me is your journey of how you got to where you are today, which isn't a straight line. And all of your former students and your future students are eager to listen to your story. Mm -hmm. So how did you become the person that you are today and how did you get here?
1: Ooh, definitely a good question. Um, yeah, I think what you said, uh, it has not been a straight line for sure. Um, so I think folks probably can resonate with that a bit, but yeah, originally I am from New York. Uh, I grew up outside of Washington DC in Northern Virginia and, you know, lived between those two places, basically most of my life. And, Uh, I went to uni to study uh, theater and acting. So that's my like educational background. There was a hot second where I double majored in English. And then I was like, oh, this is too much work. I don't want to do it. Um, And so (laughs) I do have some like formal English education in this way, but not in a typical sense. Um, And then after I graduated or actually it was around the same time, actually. But as I was graduating from uni, I was like, whew, being an actor, especially like in New York City and Washington, D.C., it is difficult um, and there's not a lot of stability. So let me see what other things are out there. And around the same time, I started working part time just like as like a student job, basically, um, at Apple. Uh, And so I was a part-time sales person, you know, I'd go after classes uh, to the store to help sell iPhones and computers and things like that. Uh, And I really, I really loved it. And so once I graduated, I stuck around and I became full-time and I ended up working there for about five and a half years and worked my way up. So I like became a manager of sorts and um, you know, I worked in HR and recruitment and I did tech support for a little while and like all kinds of crazy interesting things. Um, but you know, after 5 years, it's kind of a long time and I was looking for a change. So the mm-hmm. options were either move somewhere else in the US, maybe stick around with Apple, just change locations, or I could be really crazy and just move to Europe and start teaching English. Um, and so I opted for crazy. Um, I opted for the, <laughs> the crazier option. And so my dog and I took a one-way plane to the Czech Republic. And now, six years later, we haven't looked back. So I think I made the right decision.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a pretty, uh, like you said, crazy decision. <laughs> like Definitely. That. Yeah. Um before we go ahead, mm-hmm. what is New York like?
1: Uh it's amazing. Like of course I'm biased absolutely. Um but I I think the energy of New York City is unlike any other place I've been to. Um I, I'm really happy that I lived there when I did. So, you know, I was like 18 to 21, basically, when I lived there. So I just was having, I was having a blast. Like, I don't know how great of a student I was at university, just because, like, I was enjoying all that New York City had to offer. Um, but I definitely, it's it's hard. I don't want to sugarcoat, like, life there, especially as an artist, I mean, to be honest, life there is hard anyway in any big city, but especially as an artist, um, it's quite difficult. It's a lot of fun, but it's quite difficult. um and so I think it for me at least it was my time to to step away. but I always love going back. A lot of my friends still live there. I have family that live there. so I love going back to visit it's it's so much more fun when you're not living there actually because <laughs> you can just <laughs> enjoy all the fun bits um and not deal with the drama but Honestly, I think everyone should at least visit there once in their life. And if you can, I know it's quite difficult and expensive, but if you can live there Mm -hmm. even just for like a short amount of time, the vibe is different for sure. But it's so much fun. So love New York always, forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. Hope I get the chance to visit soon. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of recommendations
1: for you when you go there.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I will consult you before I move, of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, and what was the move like? Uh, any culture shock? By the way, um, hope you're cool with going outside the script that I sent you.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm an open book, guys. Ask me anything. Right. Um, so the culture shocks. Um, I mean, there definitely were. Like, I'm, I was arriving in a city in a country that I knew next to nothing about if I'm if I'm being transparent I think I came to the Czech Republic to visit a friend of mine that was living here and I came for like a week on vacation and I just I fell in love with the city I fell in love with like you know the idea of living in Europe like it's a very romantic uh idea for Americans I think just to be like Oh, I'm going to go leave my American life and move and have this amazing, relaxed European life, um, which, to be fair, is true. Um but, yeah, I didn't know much about the language, <laughs> definitely not the mm-hmm. language. I didn't know a ton about the culture. And so I really came in just open to learning and open to new experiences. Um. I knew there was going to be some culture shocks. Um, And to be honest, it wasn't all smooth sailings. Like, I I don't talk about this too often, but like, as someone living away from your family, away from your friends, away from most of your support system, you know, as an expat or an immigrant, whatever you want to call it, um, it's hard, you know, it's hard being away from that support. But if you can find support systems where you are, if you can make a good group of friends, if you have folks that look out for you, it's so worth it. Like even the homesickness that I do feel, and especially at the beginning, I felt quite a bit. I was like, oh God, was this was this the right decision? I don't know. Like, should I go back? I don't know. Um, but, I, but I stuck it out. And that was a goal that I set for myself at the very beginning. I was like, even if I hate it. I don't think I will. but even if I hate it, I'm going to stay for six months to a year. Mm. And that was the goal that I set for myself that if i if I could make it to six months a year and I was like, okay, that's enough for me. Thank you very much. then it it would have been a success. But like I said, six years later, I'm still here. <laughs> so it's okay six years
0: later, yeah, absolutely. yeah, whenever you go to a new place like that, um It's the initial stress, you know, uh, that makes you feel like, oh, this is not what I expected it to be, maybe, or is this going to be dangerous? So your mind, you know, starts creeping up with all those doubts in the mind. Is this the right decision and all of that? Oh, yeah. So I should go back to what's known to me, probably, you know. So uh, you should give yourself time to settle in, you know, whenever you visit a new place. Yeah. Get used to it. And on day two or three, maybe you start feeling like, ah, this is a nice place. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling great here. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's really important
0: when you said, yeah, like yeah, you don't know the language, don't know the people, don't know the culture. Nope. Uh, you still, to this day, don't speak any European languages?
1: Well, now I'm changing that. So six years later, I can confidently say that I speak at least basic Czech. Now... You know, my my Czech teacher is fantastic and she's like, no, you, you're quite conversational. You're good. But of course, I still have these like limiting beliefs. I'm like, no, 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 my, my grammar is not good <laughs> enough. Oh, no, I can't do it. So I definitely understand, you know, like what my students go through when they're trying to step nah. outside of their comfort zones and speak in another language. But I would say on a good day, I'm B1 level Czech. On most days, I'm probably A2, something like that. But I... One of the things that I do, like I I set this goal for myself as well when I knew I was going to stay long term was that I would not stop learning the language. So maybe there would be times where, you know, my intensity went up or it scaled back or something like that. But at least once a week, having some sort of class, like some kind of formal um, training of the language, um, because in my mind... I didn't want to be one of the folks, and, you know, no offense to any of these folks if you identify this way, but I didn't want to be one of the people that lived in a country that couldn't speak, at least in a basic way, to Mm. the local people. Couldn't, you know, go to the pharmacy and ask questions or, you know, order something from the counter at the grocery store. Like, I wanted to be able to deepen my ties to the culture and language, so that was just something personal that I I want it to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. And um, when it comes to even traveling, you know, you got to be able to speak at least some of the local language. You can't connect with people and you can't really understand the culture without knowing the language
1: first. Yeah, I think language and food are like the two big things. And so if you can (laughs) find a way to, you know, open yourself up to those two things, regardless of what country it is, what culture it is, um, what language it is. But if you open yourself up to those experiences, you'll find, at least this has been my experience, like even if I say like the most basic sentence in Czech, mm-hmm. the people around me are like, oh my wow. gosh, your Czech <laughs> is so good. I'm like, I didn't say anything yeah. special, I promise. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I they're
0: really existed. pleased about that
1: yeah it helps
0: <laughs> absolutely it, it enhances your experience as a tourist or if you're new in the country if you can say something like let's say you're in peru and you're having the empanadas and you speak to them in spanish oh it's pretty enhancing <laughs> but, you yeah know,
1: it's a deeper connection which i love
0: for sure yeah you you're like one of them you know and uh it's by the way, it's different. Um, coaching yourself a new language <laughs> is different than coaching other people.
1: Oh, yeah, not, do as I even, say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> even if you're a coach, it's not easy for you to apply the same principles to yourself that we, you know, so easily order our students, not order, but instruct our students to, you know, put themselves through.
1: Yeah. I think it's this is different. something, yeah, but it's true. Like, I actually think so I would say within the past year or so I have been focused on improving like my own skills as more of a language coach as opposed to like a typical English teacher at a language school or something like that again not that there's anything wrong with that just these are the skills that I have found useful in my career um and so now that I understand like the the psychology and, and the neuroscience behind why coaches ask the questions they do and guide people in the way they do, I can self-coach a bit, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> and I think it's a big but, you mm-hmm. definitely need someone, whether it's another coach, whether it's someone you trust, but you, I firmly believe that you can't do it all alone. Like True. you need to have that village that takes care of you and helps you along in your journey. You can do a lot on your own. I really, I I like independent learners who take the initiative. They take action themselves. They don't mm-hmm. wait for others. Like I like that. I think that impulse yeah. is correct, but I think it can veer into, well, now I don't need anybody and I can do it on my own. And I think that becomes very isolating. So Although I could potentially self-coach and I catch myself doing it, I'll have a limiting belief of some kind and I'll be like, No, 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 stop it. What are you doing? Like, that's not true. Huh? <laughs> but without having another person there to kind of guide me in this way and, you know, ask me different questions, things that I wasn't thinking about before, I don't want to say that I can just coach myself because I'm a coach. Like you do mm-hmm. still need another person in the equation. I, I think at least
0: yeah yeah we do for sure and uh, it for some reason it becomes more powerful and more productive when you're joined by another person and you guys are learning together that's so powerful i'm learning i'm motivated to learn i'm motivated to do more for some reason i don't know and if i sit there looking at the uh, the syllabus or whatever i need to study to learn the language uh, like, I don't know, is it, is it working for me? Like, mm-hmm. you're not as motivated as when you're joined by someone. Yeah. And even if you know the step, like, oh, I know I need to go through a grammar one time. And then probably I need to start speaking with people to get some confidence and all of that. You know what the step you need to take. Um, if someone else came to you uh, with the same problem, you would instruct them with the right action that they need to take but to apply it to same, like you need to go to YouTube and, you know, Google your problem and then, ah, okay, this is what I need to do and then do it. There are two different muscles, I guess, you know, to apply the same principle to yourself and to tell someone else to do that.
1: Yeah, well, that's the expression I used before, right? Do as I say, not as I mm-hmm. do. Um, and this is something that you know, I, I try not to have that situation. Like if I, and this has happened to me before, for sure. If I'm telling my students to do X, Y, Z thing for their confidence, for their English, for their grammar skills, whatever, whatever it is that they're focusing on, like what credibility do I have? Or maybe like what, what type of integrity am I bringing to that conversation if I don't try to do the same things as well. And so this actually, I don't know, I know you mentioned my Instagram account before, but this is actually um, something that I've been doing recently because I felt that way. I felt like I was telling my students one thing and then not doing those things in my life. And so I felt like I was out of alignment with, you know, practice what I preach and, That that moment of realization, I was like, "Hang on, (laughs) I (laughs) I call bullshit here." Um, So I, you know, made a video. I made a reel, and I Mm. told you know whoever watched the the video, this is the truth. Like I have been struggling with this myself. So despite the fact that I tell my students you need to practice your English consistently, you need to you know step outside of your comfort zone. You need to get feedback. You need to need to, need to, need to, need to. I Mm. wasn't honoring those same principles in my own life. And so instead of just continuing to do that, I called myself out on the internet (laughs) for all to see. (laughs) Whether that's a good idea or not, we will see. Um, But (laughs) I basically told everyone in this video that if you've ever wanted to see what it takes to build a habit And to apply those principles and to actually, you know, do the things that I'm talking about with my students, follow along. Because I'm sure there's going to be times I mess up. I'm positive of that. Um, There's going to be times where, you know, I set the intention to do one thing and I end up doing something else. Like, it's part of the process. But if folks can see me walking the walk and talking the talk and actually implementing those principles in my life maybe they can follow along maybe it inspires them to do it too and that feels way more in alignment with who I am as a person and so I want to make sure that I stay true to that like you know true north on the compass um so Mm -hmm. sorry that was probably a longer story than I meant it to be but I think it's really important when you know as coaches we're like hey do this do this but if we're not doing it as well like what what does that really say about us? And so that's kind of the conversation I had with myself, at least in the last few weeks. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It says, it says about you that you're more of a teacher than a coach because teachers are like that unrealistic, dishonest with you. You know, they're going to oh. tell you to do. <laughs> Not students. all
1: teachers, I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs> typically. Not all it's... teachers. Yeah. There is definitely yeah. a difference, like in the, in the mindset of like a teacher and a coach for sure.
0: Exactly. All right. Um, let's move on.
1: Mm-hmm. Who are your students? Oh, good question. Um, well, I would say most of the most of the people that I work with, um, they either work, first of all, I work with adults, um, <laughs> so I don't teach kids. but most of the folks that I work with either are in IT or tech. Or maybe they're lawyers or something. But they work in this kind of like professional um, environment, I guess. Uh, And most of the time when they come to me, it's not necessarily that they are struggling with the language. Like I think in their minds, they think they are struggling with the language. But when I talk to them, when I get to know them a bit, you know, they say things like, oh, I just... I don't have enough vocabulary. I don't use complex grammar structures when I have to present to my colleagues. Like, I get super nervous and I don't want to do it. Like, these very, like, real situations of, like, I want to say something, but I can't get it out. And I I don't have the words for it or I don't have the confidence to really, like, say it in English. I'm fine to say it in my native language, but in English, ugh. There's something about it that just doesn't feel right. And that's usually when they find me. And what I've found like working with these people over the past six years is that it, it, it doesn't come down to language. Like folks know the language, especially once they're at that level. Most of the people I work with are like upper intermediate plus um, level English, though some exceptions of course as well, but I think at that point, it becomes much more about mindset and confidence and how they perceive themselves in English. And, you know, maybe they've had a couple bad experiences, like maybe some, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse here, if some asshole at work, you know, said something to them, (laughs) or, oh, you know, what is that? That doesn't sound right. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. they'll have these experiences that then... Basically make them stay quiet or second guess themselves about their language abilities, about their, you know, presentation skills, whatever it is, Um, but they don't want that to hold them back because they want to take advantage of different opportunities. Like they want to get promoted and, you know, work on the international team. They want to be a scrum master, you know, and be able to, you know, lead the team through their agile meetings and sprints and things like that. And I think what it really comes down to is the folks that I work with don't want English to be something that holds them back. They want it to be something that pushes them forward. And that's really what we focus on, is figuring out what that looks like for each individual person. But t- I think it's because I worked at Apple and stuff, but most of the folks that come to me <laughs> seem to be in the tech industry. <laughs> so yeah. I've kind of made that my niche because I, I know what they're talking about because I've been in those situations. Um, right. But yeah, they're all, they're all awesome. Like, to be honest, everyone I've worked with has been so incredible. So it's it's a blast. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, I'm sure it is. And yeah, that thing that you said, um, that uh, it's not about the language, it's about the beliefs and the mindset that they have and mm-hmm. how they view themselves. Because someone said something to them and then that became their reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people, um, even even my students, you know, that come from traditional English um, educational system, teachers have said things to them and then they believe that, I'm not confident, you know, and uh, I suck at, all of them say one thing for sure. Mm -hmm. I suck at grammar because that's what happened in school. (laughs) (laughs) And they're telling me this in English. Okay, good English. They're speaking to me in English. Fine.
1: (laughs) It's so true though, because I actually, so I had an experience like that, not with English specifically, but with um, Spanish. So I took Spanish when I was in school and uh, one fun fact i guess about me is that my grandmother she's she's from the united states but her parents were from mexico and colombia and so they spoke spanish at home that's like her first language um but you know she's bilingual in english as well and so i was in school learning spanish and i was like oh Gigi, please help me help me with my homework and she's like, what is this? I don't know any of this grammar stuff. You don't need grammar. You just need to speak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean I don't need grammar? Like, I'm I'm taking a test on the grammar. I need to know the grammar. She's like, no, no, no. You don't need to know that. You just need to practice. <laughs> you, right. you just need to practice speaking. And then I would have my teacher be like, why didn't you, you know, do the the grammar assignment? Well, oh, my grandma mm-hmm. said I didn't need. I didn't need to do it, and then yeah, that didn't work out so well for me. Um, but anyway, I unfortunately I can't speak Spanish. Like that's that's the next oh, thing after okay. check is like I'm going back to Spanish uh, and I'm going back to sure. That. But anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll join you too. I'm trying to yeah. learn Spanish as well.
1: School definitely. I think this is something I've talked about with with people before on Instagram and stuff. But um, school messes us up a little bit, like. I understand why we learn the things we learn when we're in school. Like they're training us how to be good people in society and to, you know, learn and things Uh, like that. But it's definitely got its downsides as well. Once you actually start learning and speaking a language, uh like it's not a theoretical subject that you just study and do exercises with. It's a tool of communication that you use in the real world with, People, you know? And so I think the the mindset shift that happens there between studying English and practicing English, I think is something that helps maybe clarify it for some people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing that you said got stuck in my head. You know, they're trying to make us look good in the society because <laughs> what you perceive good as um, in society might not necessarily be the same as actually being the good person.
1: Mm-hmm. Passing a test is good, right? You know, <laughs> it's like getting good grades is good. Yeah. I. Good. I will say like I do have a little bit of a a rebellious streak in me. And so oh, if yeah. we really if we really wanted to start talking about like <laughs> how school messed us up, that might be the topic for another podcast episode. But um yeah. yeah, it definitely there's some things I agree with and some things I definitely don't agree with, but you know, what can we do? We can try to change and make things better for the next generation exactly. of folks. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, maybe this is not a conspiracy. Maybe this, um, you know, they didn't know better.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. I think the educational system, I don't know if this figure is correct so people can fact check me, but I think it's like something like 200 years old or something. And most of, yeah, most of what we know and have learned about the brain and how the brain works has only been in the past like five or 10 years. And mm-hmm. so like, I know, I graduated way more than five or 10 years ago. So, you know, we're just, we need an update, right? We need a software yes. update. That's it. That's
0: right. So- yeah. <laughs> we need a software update, uh, probably new OS as well. But yeah. I don't know why people don't change, you know, maybe they're scared to change. They're mm-hmm. always scared of change. Uh,
1: that's what I found, you know, like I, I'm certainly scared to do it at times as well. Like when I was moving to the Czech Republic, I was, I was excited for sure, but I was scared. Like, how is this going to work out? This is an unknown situation and you're kind of just taking a leap of faith and trusting the process and hoping it works. And, you know, you'll learn something along the way for sure if you're open to it. But yeah, I think you know, we use these terms like, you know, growth mindset and fixed mindset and things like that. But I think, yeah, like I said, we don't have to go too deep into the educational system and things like that, yeah. but I do think it's a little bit of a fixed mindset. And so we got to try and update that a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like you said, let's uh, let's put that for another episode and <laughs> coming back to our topic. So, uh, do you design custom programs for these people to help them overcome their uh, mindset blocks?
1: Mm. Yeah. Especially
0: the confidence one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely treat each of my clients, students, you know, however you identify, um, I definitely treat everyone as individuals. But also what I've found is that there are some consistent patterns or at least consistent um, methodologies that we can use in those particular situations. So you might have a unique circumstance, but it probably resembles some of your colleagues in the group or something like that. So uh, my signature program that I offer is called My English Habit. um, And the idea of the program is actually that you know, instead of having to do what I did and pack up, move your entire life and job and career and family and dog and everything else to the target language country of your choice, um, you don't have to do that in order to learn the language and immerse yourself in the language. I have tried to create this environment, you know, online, essentially. So Mm -hmm. the purpose behind the program is to build consistent practice habits for your English. and our focus is on speaking and production. So you know we don't necessarily focus on a ton of writing or anything like that. Um, but of course it's it happens. but um, the main focus is output and speaking practice and getting feedback on that. So the idea is that we use audio recordings and meetings and videos and like all these cool things to consistently practice and get feedback a little bit each day throughout the week. And so the idea being that if you just do something small but consistent, that's going to compound over time and something that you don't feel like is doing much in the short term, like making a you know, three minute recording about a video summary or something like that, all of a sudden you do it consistently enough And you're like, oh, wait a second, like, that grammar mistake that I usually make is gone. Oh, Mm -hmm. wait a second, I was having trouble finding the vocabulary I needed to describe these situations, now it just happens automatically. And so through that consistency, through that habit building of practicing English, all of a sudden, after a period of time, you realize that those fears, those beliefs about yourself have melted away simply because you practiced it and got feedback on it in a supportive, immersive environment. So that's kind of the special sauce of of the program. But this is the methodology that I have found works most like consistently with the most amount of people that I've worked with and so is it for everyone no of course not like folks have different needs but I have found that once people join the program they're like oh I get it now and I'm like yeah you get it (laughs) and so it's been really cool so that's that's kind of the main um venue that I work in at this point. But of course, I work with folks one on one. Um, I'm thinking of doing like some cool summer like offers and stuff like that, too. But the signature program is definitely my English habit.
0: Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. The compound effect principles.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It works, though. That's the thing.
0: (laughs) It works for sure. Yeah. And it's also sustainable. You know, it's not um, demanding on you do something little bit and it will compound over time and yeah it's really helpful yeah absolutely all right um so if someone is trying to improve their english on their own uh, what can they do to you know uh, make it effective accelerate yeah. the process probably
1: My advice and recommendation to folks is to focus on output, because I feel like what a lot, what happens a lot of time, is you know you follow some teachers on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and things like that, which you know I'm on there, okay, Um, but you follow folks and you listen. And, you know, maybe you've got really great listening skills because you're scrolling Instagram and social media, you're watching Netflix and, you know, watching it with subtitles, without subtitles, you know, doing all these great things, YouTube videos, you've got a lot of input. And I think that ratio is something that people can work on on their own. So, of course, would it be helpful to have a coach and a program? Yes, of course. It happens a lot faster that way. But... If it's something that you're trying to do on your own, I would focus on that ratio of input versus output. And so something that I encourage folks to do is if you are watching something on Netflix, like it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be some big thing, but write a summary, record yourself talking about the main points, like do something that actually has output, so whether it's speaking or writing, what have you, but just listening, just reading, just getting input, it's those scales are not balanced. And so you don't Mm -hmm. want it to be so, I don't know, over the top that you're like, well, I can listen perfectly, (laughs) but ask me a question and I can't answer you. Um, That's what we (laughs) want. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, Right. Like I can um, listen and understand most of it. But I can't speak. You know. Yep. That's How many times have we heard is. that? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, I'm also learning a new language, uh, German. If you.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, I expected you to know German as you're in Europe.
1: <laughs> Nine.
0: Nine. <laughs> Nine.
1: <laughs> that's that's yeah, the extent of my Texas. German. <laughs>
0: yeah, after Spanish or maybe after Czech. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the yeah. list.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Uh, only input doesn't work. Uh, it's like uh, 50% of the process, although listening is powerful and you yeah. need to do it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, both are two different muscles. You're trying to express yourself versus you're trying to collect the information. And you need practice. You can't uh, expect that I've been listening to a lot of content in, in English and I can't speak fluently. Well, you haven't been practicing speaking, yeah. right? Exactly. And
1: it, it definitely uses different parts of your brain, too, because, mm-hmm. like, if you're just absorbing information, of course you need to, right? If you're having a conversation with someone, you have to listen <laughs> to what they say. Otherwise, it's not a great conversation. Um, but I yes. think the balance of those input and output, um, I don't know, processes, I guess. But I think when most folks realize, oh, I've been doing a lot of input and not a lot of output, those those scales are really off balance at that point. So then it feels like you have to do much more output in order to balance it. And maybe that's the second thing I would tell people is like not to overwhelm yourself. Like take it one step at a time. Like I don't think anyone, no teacher or coach expects you to rearrange your entire life in order to better practice your English, right? And so just taking like a small, uh, I think the statistic is like if you do something 1% more or 1% better each day over time, again, that compounds and it turns into, I think the number was 37 times more or something like that. Um, Again, fact check my numbers here, but uh, yeah, it absolutely compounds your progress and results over time. And so not getting overwhelmed, but just taking little steps is going to be so much more impactful and sustainable than if you were to just dive in and be like, oh my God, now I can't listen to Netflix at all. I have to just, you know, speak and that's it. Like, no, come on. Like, <laughs> just add a little something in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. You got to balance it out. Mm. Okay um maybe you know sometimes if you're alone if you don't have a partner it's hard to um you know talk to yourself express those experiences you know like you know how to i know how to speak like i can uh, think of a topic and try to articulate in that language but oh all right maybe i did that for one day maybe two days yeah but uh, it feels kind of meaningless but yeah it takes discipline uh certainly can't give excuses, like stupid excuses like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Do you also talk about mental health affecting languages?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, This is something, yeah, to be honest, like, you know, everyone comes to English or language in their own unique circumstance. And so I think it it does a disservice to the learning process if you don't take all of those factors into consideration. So like I said, we we talked about a little bit the difference between like coaching and teaching, for example. Um, One of the things that I genuinely love about language coaching is that I'm not just saying, here's the vocabulary, here's the grammar, okay, do it, and that's it. But I'm taking mental health into consideration i'm taking into account you know did you sleep well last night like maybe that's why (laughs) your brain you know is acting this way or you know you're having a hard time focusing if you've got like you know i myself i've experienced depression before and so like i can empathize with folks when they're in this kind of dark cloud situation like i'm not a therapist i'm not a trained therapist like don't you know (laughs) let's not start getting into that but from my own experience well yeah i have my own experience that i can fall back on and so when i notice that my you know consistent student all of a sudden has fallen off and i'm like hey what's going on here like i Mm -hmm. I like to think that my empathy is a superpower. And so I can understand where folks are coming from in their journey. And I do think that mental health, first of all, is something that everyone has just like physical health. And so if you treat it like you would like, oh yeah, I kind of hurt my arm the other day. Like I probably should go easy. Like Mm. we don't think of our mental health in those terms usually. And I think that's something, again, as society maybe is getting better about that. Um, yeah. But I think the pandemic accelerated a lot of this for people. And so, whereas before the pandemic, my students, and I noticed this about myself too, that we were very much focused like on the language and conversations and things like that. But then we all went through this crazy thing that happened. Yeah. And so my English classes basically became pseudo-therapy sessions, right? And it became this avenue for people to express themselves in practice, you know, get feedback on how they're expressing their ideas and feelings. But it also was taking in like the real things that were happening in the world. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: language doesn't happen in a vacuum. You have to take the whole person into consideration, if they had stuff happen at work, if they've had stuff happen in their personal life, you know, are they sleeping? Are they eating all these things? And if any of those are out of whack or imbalanced in a way, right. I'm not a therapist, but I can encourage them. Hey, I, I don't think this is actually about your English. I think this might be right. about something else. And, you know, have you talked to a professional about these things? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I also just believe everyone should be in therapy. Um, So, like, that's my own personal stance. But, you know, I think it's important for us to be able to talk about these things because, you know, it impacts your language skills.
0: It definitely does. And, um, yeah, you, like, when you're speaking, like, you're absolutely right. I was going, like, right, right, right. Totally right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Especially if someone, uh, let's say someone is badly traumatized, then uh, Mm -hmm. they're natural and normal level of stress is let's equate it with a scale of one to 10. So their Mm -hmm. normal level is like six, seven, or eight. They're operating because of uh, at high levels of stress because of the trauma. Mm -hmm. So you see there is not enough bandwidth left to learn a new language. Definitely. And if they do a little bit, they feel like, Oh, I'm doing a lot of work. You know, I'm learning a lot. I'm trying so hard here. I'm so tired. I got to go now. Yeah. So they can't do a lot either because they can't.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's this thing that we feel like more is better. Mm -hmm. And I, I really rebel against that idea because I think that, okay, sometimes more is better. But I think in this particular situation, like the example you just gave, like, I don't have the bandwidth, I can do this much. And that's it. And sorry, it's a podcast. You guys can't see. I'm making a gesture with my finger. Um, I can just do a little tiny bit. And yeah. that's all I can do. And my response, and this is just what I believe, is that is absolutely enough. It is. It's enough. If you can only do five minutes of yeah. English practice or whatever it is, that mm-hmm. is enough. Because again, that will compound if you can stick with five minutes and, you know, give yourself rest when you need it, for sure. Like if you have zero bandwidth, then English is not happening today. Okay. Um, But if you can commit to that, if you can, you know, not feel like you need to do more and more and more, I think you can just re-strategize and say, what can I actually do? And is it going to be impactful? And just leave it at that. Like, we don't have to make things so big and crazy all the time. Like, I think doing something, again, small and consistent is going to have much better returns in the long term than if you try to force yourself when you don't have the bandwidth to do something, and then you fall out of love with English, you fall out of love with the process, Mm -hmm. and you say, you know, F this, I'm never doing that again, And, and that's fine. So... I think at least in that situation where mental health and stress and all these things come into play, like being realistic and honest with yourself when you need a break, first of all, and then Mm -hmm. second of all, realistically, what can I do and what can I commit to? And just go from there. It'll change eventually. You know, it won't be five minutes your whole life and maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe that's okay. But I think giving yourself the grace to take a break and to be, okay with not doing as much as you think you should it's okay
0: it's something you're still doing something it's a hell of a lot better than doing nothing
1: yes right? exactly
0: <laughs> totally uh the next episode that we do uh, maybe on the live or something like you said we should talk more on. yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This. yeah i should go deeper on these
1: yeah, I think it's really important. I don't know how many people are talking about this kind of stuff, though. I will say I found this really amazing, like community of of teachers and coaches on Instagram. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to the ELTpreneurs. Um, but it's nice to find like minded folks because, at least in yeah. my experience, teaching over the past six years, you know, like I said, I have a rebellious streak, so I've always rebelled a little bit against conventions, but. It's nice to find folks like you and like these communities that I've found that understand that process. So I don't feel so alone as a coach and teacher as well. Um, So it's really nice to make those connections. Because, again, we don't want to do it alone, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. We can't do it alone, you know, but we can try to prove to the world I can do it alone. But we can't do the best, I think, you know, doing it alone.
1: And it's way more fun to have people like, you know,
0: (laughs) worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think it's time we should think about wrapping it up.
1: (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you having me on. This has been like such a fun conversation, like even talking about heavy subjects and stuff. It's been really, really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope so, because um, like you said, you know, I didn't sleep well last night, so maybe my (laughs) mind is not in the right place. So I didn't. Uh, this didn't go as I expected it to. My focus is not exactly where it needs to be. So. It was still
1: fun, though. <laughs> I still yeah, had a good time.
0: <laughs> all right, that's great. All right. Um, before you go, please tell people where they can find you.
1: Yeah, I am definitely active on Instagram. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook and TikTok. You know, all the all the places. Um, mm-hmm. So feel free to follow me. It's at My English Habit on all social media. Um, We also have a website. You can learn a bit more about the program. Uh, So, myenglishhabit.com. But yeah, I honestly, I'm happy to chat with anyone who, you know, resonated, like listening to what we talked about in this episode, things like that. So, you can feel free to book um, a quick call with me. We can chat about your goals. We can do all these cool things, come up with a you know, a custom plan for you, or if you feel like you want to join the program, you can join as well. Uh, but reach out to me on social media. I'm very easy to get in contact with. So happy to chat. Yeah.
0: yeah. If nothing else, just book the call with her. It will make your day.
1: <laughs> hopefully, yes. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I'll link all of that in the description. And thank you so much for joining me today. It was really yeah. fun.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.